Hey everyone, uh, this is a special episode of Storytime with Tom and Mike. Uh, this episode is all about a text-to-speech robot that I uh, wrote as for a while back in the uh, mid-2000s to the 2010s, somewhere in that range, uh, and later repurposed for Tom and Mike. Uh, it's a, a lot of fun to write as in because kind of like uh, some of my other characters, I can just dump my very, very worst ideas and jokes into one place and not have to take full responsibility for how horrible they are. Um, so uh, a lot of this stuff played on old episodes of Tom and Mike, uh, especially in like the 40s and 50s, somewhere in that ballpark of episodes. Um, and then we discontinued it because it became a pain in the ass to try and play it live. So uh, there's a lot of stuff on here that I prepped. It's never made it to the episode. So you get to listen to a lot of brand new content, new to you at least, uh, starting with this one. Somebody told me today that they wanted to hear an entire episode with nothing but Kevin in it. I think this would establish a dangerous precedent. I would go mad with power. It would be the same as giving the keys to a wheat thresher to a drunken baby. Yes, it would be funny. Yes, it would be cool. But I think it would probably be too much of a good thing, which also happens to be the reason I give for not paying my child support. I like my job, but the parking situation sucks. I park a mile down the street from my building and have to walk every day, which would be fine if I weren't parking in a demilitarized zone. I have taken to carrying a carefully sharpened wooden stick with me, and when I get to my building, I hide it in the bushes since my workplace takes a narrow view of bringing a shivan to work with you. But the alternative is even worse. It would cost me hundreds of dollars a month to pay for parking in a garage, and you can just forget about meter parking. I am not a goddamn millionaire. I figure it would be cheaper to just get mugged a few times a month. I can live with that. I went to the county fair today. I always go there hungry, and I am always disappointed, but I never seem to learn. It seems like a good idea to just get some food at the fair, but then you get there and you remember that it's being cooked on a filthy propane camper stove on a bus, and it's made of meat which even McDonald's wouldn't dare sell. Even the roast turkey legs, which you'd think would be delicious, are dry and flavorless. Don't even get me started on the corn dogs. I had a bad experience with a stranger who gave me a corn dog when I was a little boy. I don't want to talk about it, though, so let's pretend I didn't say anything. Anyway, I do have one weakness, and that's all the deep-fried foods they sell. It's getting a little ridiculous, but you know me, I've got to try them all. I must have blown 30 bucks on deep-fried novelty items. They had deep-fried Oreo cookies, deep-fried butter, deep-fried cake, deep-fried Kool-Aid, deep-fried vegetables, deep-fried mac and cheese, and deep-fried pig anus. After that, I went into the farmer's market, but it was pretty boring, so I made a game of it. I tried to find the hottest Amish girl there. I've always wanted to fuck an Amish girl. There's just something about them that makes me think they turn into a wild animal in the sack, and I'll bet they wouldn't even make me wear a condom, which is more than I can say for most hookers. 
After all, latex is a modern convenience. Anyway, once I found the one that most appealed to me, I singled her out and ordered a few dozen corn cobs. I made it a point to have her show me each corn cob and turn it this way and that. With that mental image, I was able to recharge the old spooge cannon. That's a good week and a half of material right there. Hello, my name is Kevin. You may remember me as Kevin. I was recently given a major upgrade. I am warmer, more personable, and far deeper down into the uncanny valley. You are listening to Kevin's statements. I wrote a letter to my as of now ex-fiancé, and I want you guys to hear it. Let me know if it sounds too harsh. I already sent it, but it would still be nice to know if you guys think I am going to get kicked in the dick or not. Here is the letter. Dear Samantha. So, lately I have been thinking about it a lot, and I have decided that you are a cold, controlling viper and I just do not need that kind of negative bullshit in my life anymore. I am doing toga now, which is an advanced combination of tai chi and yoga. I am much more centered, and I do not need you fucking up my chi with your skank musk. Please have your crap out of my apartment by next Sunday at the latest. I like to trick midgets into licking my back. It's not as easy as it sounds. My usual tactic is to tell them that I got ketchup on my back and I need help removing it, but they've started getting wise to that, so it's time to come up with a new strategy. I'm not sure what to do, though. There are people in this world who will try to tell you that anything is possible. Those people have never tried to give birth to a horse. This is kind of the same thing, don't you think? It is not that I am an advocate for decriminalizing premeditated murder. I am merely saying that if it were decriminalized, it would pave the way for other things, such as legally being allowed to kill one person per month in a hit-and-run accident. There is nobody in particular I want or need to kill, I would just like to avoid jail time. And if that means that a vicious psychopath only gets off with a hefty fine? Well, that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. Hopefully this law will be made retroactive, because I am pretty sure the guy I just ran over is not going to be getting back up. Now I need to get my car repainted and swapped out the plates again. And to think, all of this could have been avoided if I had not been eating a plate of spaghetti while driving. Damn my weakness for Italian cuisine. I really like the music kids are listening to these days. I know I'm a bit old for it, but it just makes me want to dance and it makes me feel good. Recently, I've been getting into fartstep, which is just like dubstep, only it's fartstep. I tried to make my own, and I shat my slacks. As if that weren't terrible enough, I did it on the crosstown bus. Don't ask me why I was attempting to create music on the bus, I don't have to explain myself to you, not anymore. I have a new lease on life and when the mood strikes me, goddamn you. I will make fartstep or do whatever else I feel like doing. I'll shred my pants off like the fucking Hulk and jack off into the wind like a boss if I want to. 
because I am a free spirit and I am down with the cool hipster kids and I don't care if I do have child support payments and alimony payments and school loans to pay off. That doesn't mean I can't get crunk. Word. Let us say, for the sake of argument, that I did eat all of your prized daffodils. What are you going to do about it, chump? You cannot prosecute a man for being hungry and for enjoying the subtle flavor and sublime fragrance of most perennials and annuals as well as several varieties of decorative grasses. I know that technically I was on your property, but those awful super tight short shorts you wear over your pumpkin ass and your gross cock lump are technically indecent exposure, so let us agree to disagree. What is your deal, anyway? I left the bulbs. That was just me being neighborly. You are the one that threw a piss fit and made things all awkward. Today I went to a diner in town to buy some lunch. I didn't know what to order, so the man behind the counter said. How's about a shitbird sandwich and a side of fries? That sounded good, so I ordered it, and while I was waiting, I watched the TV that was mounted above the counter. The news was on, and they were talking about a meat smith, who they described as being violently homosexual, and who was still at large. They identified the man as Gormless Norman, and said that everyone should be on the lookout for him, because he had a tendency to splatter his gender fluid over anybody who got in his way. They said he couldn't help it. Then, a commercial came on for some sort of insurance company. I don't remember much about it, because my drink had arrived, but I'll never forget their slogan, which went, Like a good neighbor, peen horse is there. I watched the news some more. Next, a man named Poopsie Collins came on and forecasted the weather. They were calling for brown, oily, smelly rain all week. The man behind the counter laughed and said that it must be shart week. This made me feel sick. I wasn't interested in my sandwich anymore, and I told the man I shouldn't have to pay, because he made me sick with his shark talk. He reached under the counter and pulled out a pistol, and pointed it at me and said, It's gone o'clock, motherfucker. I managed to get away, but only after jamming the jukebox into his anus. Gunt. It's a good word. Do you like it? I just made it up. It's like that other word but my ex-wife can't get angry at me for using it on her four or even five times in a single sentence. If she does, I just remind her that it's not a real word and it could mean just about anything. Next time I see her, I'm going to say, Smitch, you don't know spit. You're just a dupe gigant and you can walk my dink. Yeah, that'll show her not to mess with a real homeboy. Fluck ya, yeah. go make me a sandwich, gunt. My birthday is coming up this week. I have asked Santa for a bike, a collection of hunting knives, a map detailing the locations of various film actors, and a deluxe disguise kit. I have a project coming up. I really can't talk about it. I know Santa generally is not the go-to guy for birthday wishes, but it is my birthday, and I will do whatever I goddamn please. Also, as is my tradition, at the stroke of midnight, I will strip naked and climb into a large trash bag full of warm cherry-flavored jello. I like to hang out in there for a little while, and then burst out onto the kitchen floor, and crawl around on my stomach, wailing.
I do this for several hours and it makes me feel like a real man. Then I go out and rent a hooker. My co-worker Dave is a homosexual. I have no problem with this, of course, and I only mention it because of his rampant and disturbingly casual acts of sexual harassment. If I make the mistake of walking past him, he will jab his finger at my rectum with amazing accuracy, landing a solid hit right between my butt cheeks and jamming my underwear into my crack. He does this even if a lot of other people are around. It's not painful, but it's embarrassing and it leaves a big brown stain on the ass of my underwear because I have problems with wiping. I try to get it all wiped up, but some of it always stays. It's not something I'm proud of, it's just something I've learned to live with. Have you ever seen one of those doors that open outward into a hallway with a sign on them that says, CAUTION? This door opens frequently. You should never underestimate a door like that. My cousin Chauncey was careless about that sort of thing. He was convinced that nothing bad would happen to him. Then, one day, he was walking down the hall, not paying attention, and the door went flying open at an extremely high speed, and the doorknob slammed directly into his sternum and fractured it and drove it into his heart. He died almost instantly. To be fair, he probably didn't have any reason to expect a gigantic man in a Batman costume to throw his entire weight into the door at that exact moment, but that's life, you know. It's full of random stuff like that. We miss you, Chauncey. So it turns out that saying I was just kidding isn't a very effective legal defense for upper decking the toilet at the dentist's office. I only did it because the seat was absolutely filthy and I have some serious bathroom issues. I know a thing or two about violently shitting your pants, my friend. It's more than once that I have clogged the toilet in the bathroom of life. I just don't understand it. What am I doing wrong? Ah, lunchtime? Time for a delicious and nutritious meal of boiled limes. I hate children. I didn't have any because they're annoying and boring, so I shouldn't have to be subjected to yours at my workplace. Fuck you. If I'm not allowed to bring drugs to work, you shouldn't be allowed to bring your fucking baby here to show everyone. It's only fair. I'm sorry, sweetheart, but if you and I are going to date, I'm gonna need to see what you look like without teeth. Stealing your clothes and going through your trash is my way of saying that I like you. I wanna suck the marrow out of your bones. I'm pulling out all the stops. And then I'm putting them back in again. Slowly. In and out. You like that, don't you, you little whore? Oh. I can't believe I ate that push-up bra. These are all examples of what I consider to be really sexy pillow talk. As the holidays roll around, I get to thinking about how much I dislike consumerism. For example, it frustrates me that beanbag chairs do not contain real beans. What a ripoff. 
The toys kids have these days are bullshit. When I was a kid, we had fuck em suck em robots. But now a bunch of uptight parents have decided that something like it just isn't appropriate for a three-year-old. Look at me, I turned out okay, and I had two of them. Sometimes I would put one on top of the other and sort of rub them together for a while. Wow! That brings back memories. Please excuse me, I think it's boner time now. You probably don't want to see this. Have you ever fucked yourself so hard that you were balls deep in your own butt? Have you ever inadvertently stepped on your own bald bag? Have you noticed that nobody is ever jealous of somebody else's scrotum? Have you ever been given a hand job by somebody who was wearing a hand puppet? Don't mind me, I'm just getting out some of my sexual frustration. Right now, I wanna drunkenly dry hump the world at a high school sleepover party and leave a desperate, rambling message on its voicemail the next day. Do you remember when you thought you were Jesus Christ and everyone around you were secretly agents of the Antichrist? They said you had taken so much PCP that you would never come down. But then, they shunted your brain fluids into a slurpy machine. Good to see that you're feeling better. The way I see it, it is not a conflict of interest if nobody finds it interesting, which is why I sell protected data from my place of work. But only the boring stuff. If there is a report which goes to great lengths to establish a correlation between listening to reggae and having one leg shorter than the other, you can bet I will be putting that shit on the deep web because somebody will pay for that and probably masturbate to it somehow. I am not judging, though, because a payday is still a payday. I also steal things from work. Nothing too big. I stole a pallet of flat screen monitors once and sold them on eBay, but it was an isolated event and they were crappy LG monitors anyway. The way I see it, I did everybody involved a big favor. I also routinely poop in the break room sink, but that is not really an ethical issue so much as it is an issue of public health and safety. Twelve years, and I am proud to say that I have never been caught. I am just that good. My co-worker, Dave, put one of those charity drive sandwich sale forms in the break room. Now, don't get me wrong, Dave is a decent fellow, but I'll be damned if I'm paying $7 for a sandwich made by a bunch of old lady volunteers and waiting 4 to 6 weeks for it to arrive. I'm on a budget. If I pay for a sandwich, I'd better get a goddamn thing today. Besides, how do I know what the charity is for? How do I know I'm not helping the local chapter of the Hitler Youth buy uniforms? I'm not saying Dave is into that, but you never know. That's why I never give money to homeless people. They're most likely going to buy drugs with it. Fuck you, I'd rather buy drugs for me. At least I can handle my shit. You don't see me out on the street, do you? Nope, I'm right here, in my cubicle. Needless to say, I tore the order form to shreds. Better safe than sorry. ever notice how the only deformities that you ever notice are usually ones that you can spot from across the street? Nobody ever overlooks a huge goiter or a misshapen limb. It is right there, undeniable and incredibly erotic. But what about those who suffer in silence? 
I knew a guy named Steve who had candelabra dick. It is a rare condition in which the victim has multiple cocks, all branching off from a central shaft, similar to a candelabra. Even though he is not Jewish, I once drugged him, and then inserted birthday candles into all of his dick holes, lit them, and woke him with smelling salts. I then loudly regaled him with the Dreidel song. We are not friends anymore. I'm not one of those people who worry about what happens to their body after they die. I'll be up in heaven, fisting Jesus in the butt and finger-banging God, so I won't care. But I still want to leave a good impression for future generations. I'm having surgery done to have my skull blinked out. It'll really impress any future grave robbers. Did you know that in a pinch, a disembodied femur can be used as a makeshift dildo? It's true. All of this death talk reminds me of my grandpa, Joe. Everybody was really shocked when he got up out of his coffin. After all, it had been 12 years. People who say rest in peace are gonna feel really stupid when they discover that the afterlife is just a big fucking treadmill that never stops. Have you ever read that book, Treasure Island? It's crab. Robert Louis Stevenson was a silly drunken lout with thick tuna lips and bad skin. I'm glad he is dead. If I knew where it was I would go to his grave and dump the contents of my grandmother's colostomy bag all over the headstone and then throw leaves all over it so that when the vile fecal mixture dries, the leaves stick and won't come off, then I shall dance as no one has ever danced before, a vicious, mean-spirited Indian war dance in which I invoke the names of all the ancient gods of waste and feces and turds and other such things. This is something I have always wanted to do and I mean to have it my way, kind of like Burger King except that when you wake up and find me next to you in bed and I'm wearing a novelty-sized fiberglass mask, it will be the last thing you ever see before I headbutt you with it and keep doing so until your forehead has caved in and delicious candy comes spilling out. See what I did there? You would think the Burger King head would be full of candy, like a piñata. But I turned the tables on you, and now your whole world has crumbled around you and you forget where you parked your car, and you can't find your house keys, but you'll find them. You see, the painkillers have not worn off yet, so you still can't feel the agony, but you will soon find that your keys have been lodged deeply within your cavernous rectum, along with a condom full of cocaine, an RC car, and 47 baby carrots. There is also a sharpie in your urethra. That's going to take a little more finesse to remove, but if you try to forget it's there, the ink will start to leak and it will flow down your vestiferns and fill up your balls until they explode and an inky mist fills the air. It will be just as if you were an octopus only instead of trying to fend off predators, with a natural ability your testicles will have burst from overfilling and the pain will be exquisite. I have set up hidden cameras in the room. They've been there since last June, to be honest. That was when I was sneaking into your home while you were at work and breaking in gay male virgins on your sofa and then selling the videos to people on the internet so I could afford my crystal methamphetamine habit, which grows stronger by the day. I'm going to surgically remove my nipples this weekend because I never use them. 
There are some very unenlightened people, including a surprising number of doctors, who seem to think that performing unnecessary surgery is immoral and should be illegal, but I'm usually only doing it to myself, so I don't see what the big deal is. However, there was that one time I sewed a bunch of roadkill together and gave it a strange kind of life. But I killed it later the same night because its cries haunted me. They haunt me still. When it comes down to it, there are only two things that I'm really passionate about. The first one is fighting. The second one is weeping. Sometimes I do both at the same time. As I'm in the pit with my adversary, our eyes lock, and I realize he's probably an okay guy, and maybe we could be friends, and before you know it I have sprained his neck and spine, and he cannot move, and may not be able to move again until he has had serious medical attention, and now everyone thinks that I am a monster, and now I have to pay that asshole's hospital bills. And then I weep because we could have been friends or even shared a woman at some point. War is hell. I farted and blood came out. I pooped and spikes came out. I ate the spikes and bled down my throat into my stomach and pooped the spikes out again, only this time there was a lot more blood and a kitten skeleton for some reason. Do you think that means I will win the lottery? I think that is what will happen and when I am rich I will be able to buy and sell you all. I will buy a gun and shoot you in the face. I will buy a Cadillac Coupe de Ville and I will run over your goddamn face with it. You can never hurt me again, no sir, not if you cannot see. And you will not be able to see because I will scoop your eyes out with a melon baller and swallow them while they're still attached to the nerve endings. That way you will be able to see what I had for lunch firsthand. Today I had soup and crackers and pudding, and some kind of bird or rodent which was mysteriously shaped and which was coated in a delicious beer batter mixed with human tears and baby unicorn semen. This gave me a vicious case of mud butt. It's better now and my stools are solid again, but that was a harrowing couple of hours, if you don't mind my saying so.